Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal stories of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Kelly Boy, a registered dietitian who has an addiction to precepting students. I've been having a lot of fun with my book lately, especially with all the new dietetic graduates and internship graduates by doing some free giveaways, and I'm loving the feedback. If you are a newer grad, this book is a great way to get a little insight on life as a registered dietitian. You can easily check it out on my website, annelizabethrd.com, or you can also download it on iTunes and Amazon. If you have read the book, I would love for you to review it on one of those sites or send me a testimonial to my email, annelizabethrd at gmail.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn, where my guests and I get to snack smart and snack happy with Jolly Time. To learn more about this perfect snack, visit jollytime.com. This spring, I had the absolute joy to travel to the beautiful state of Utah and speak at the Utah Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics annual meeting. Kelly Boy was the annual meeting chair, and she graciously took time out of her busy and hectic schedule to share with me her inspiring journey so far. Kelly has a strong passion for multiple areas of practice, including being an educator. She's also a clinical dietitian in long-term care and skilled nursing, and she's a full-time preceptor and mentor to future registered dietitians. She's one of the most emotionally invested registered dietitians I have met so far, and is very inspiring because she gives 100% to being the expert, as well as she stresses the importance to advocate for our profession. Our conversation just made my heart happy. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kelly. Well, I am so excited you took time out of your your busy day. Kelly is running this amazing meeting at the Utah Academy today, and so she's so busy, but she's taking some time to talk to me, and I'm excited to kind of learn more about you and tell me about your aha moment. When did you decide to be a registered dietitian? You made me cry today, and I think it's just the culmination of all the planning and everything, and and I'm going to do it again. Look at this. That's okay. um, It's emotional. I think I have the aha moments all the time. Do you? Yeah. And that's, you know what, I think that's such a good, that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. I think the first one was when I was finishing up my, um, I think it was just after my first year of grad school, and um, the director of the division kind of, we are at a little get-together lunch thing, and he just kind of sidles up next to me and rock, and he's like, so uh, when you're done, would you consider coming and teach for us? And, and I was, and I think at that moment, it clicked that I was to be in education Wow, and, and you um, did your grad school in dietetics. Yes, yes. and okay. it was at it was at the U- University of Utah okay. in the coordinated master's program there, and um, you know I was just finishing my first year, it's a two year master's degree, and I remember feeling like, yes, that's what I want to do, and um, so the next year I went through, um, and with that in mind, was the the idea that I was going to be an educator, I was going to teach. Um, but I didn't ever want to give up the clinical nutrition you side loved, of things. You loved that part I loved too. that too, because that was my other um, aha moment. I was um, I'd done with school, um, and 
I my second year of grad school, I, I did pregnant, so that was fun. Oh wow! So I had taken um, <laughs> I had taken incompletes, and so I had was wrapping up sure. all of the last things. I hadn't taken my exam yet, um, and uh, I was working PRN as a diet tech, and. Um, they brought in the dietitian. Uh, I was filling in until they got a dietitian, and then they had me train the dietitian. And I realized then another aha moment that I had a set of special skills that really was unique um, and and valuable. And I was training a dietitian who had been practicing for lots of years. We're training a dietitian, and yeah, you weren't one yet. She, yeah, she hadn't been. It was in a long-term care and skilled nursing facility, and she hadn't been in that environment. So there were so many things about it she didn't know mm-hmm. that I knew. So there was aha moment number two is that skilled nursing and long-term care was really a valuable skill set, and it was something that I could do, and I was good at. So, and then... Marrying the two together, I have done been an adjunct uh, professor for a couple of the universities here. I did Weber State University in Ogden, um, and I also did University of Utah teaching evening classes and, mm-hmm. and summer classes. Um, and eventually, I didn't really have time to do all that on top of working full time. Sure. Um, so, you, so I'm I'm just oh. I'm amazed that your I mean, like, to be offered a job in your first year of grad school, like, we want you to come teach with us. That just says a lot about who you are and what they saw in you when you were in school. And that's I think that's amazing. That's such a huge compliment to you. So when you got done with grad school, Mm -hmm. you started a full-time job and you were teaching at the same time? Well, I I had a part-time job at first. Part-time job, okay. (laughs) The full-time dietitian jobs in that environment were pretty tricky to come by. So my very first dietitian job was part-time. And then as soon as the job that where I am now opened, um, I, the, the, Manager of um, the food and nutrition services at, at the hospital where I am now at South Davis Community Hospital in Bountiful. Okay. Um, I knew her personally, um, and so I called her and I said, "Tell me about this job," and um, I went and interviewed and and got that job. So then I transitioned from having a part time clinical nutrition skilled nursing facility job to a full time. So you're still in the skilled nursing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So talk to me about. What about skilled nursing really spoke to you? Because I think that's an area a lot of dietitians are either scared of Mm -hmm. or they're super comfy in Mm -hmm. and there's no kind of in-between. Right. So the great thing about skilled nursing is that you get to be a clinical dietitian, which, um, you know, I think a lot of times in more acute hospitals, the clinical dietitian... um, doesn't have as much of a prominent part of the team. I agree. Um, or you see your patients for two days, you throw a brochure at them and push a supplement, and then they discharge, and you don't know what happens after that. Um, skilled nursing was great because I could spend time. I could evaluate their educational needs um, or their nutrition needs. I could... Um, do counseling, I could do education, and then I could follow up later to see if it was effective. Um, also, I guess maybe I'm a control freak. We have control <laughs> over their diet to an extent. Sure. So we know, you know, hey, Mr. Mr. Patient, you um, said you wanted to lose weight, but you're ordering extra cookies after dinner. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. So we could follow up and I could really help them make behavior changes. So it was kind of like this 
um, hybrid between like the outpatient education and, and following up with the patient, really kind of having a patient that's yours, and the clinical inpatient where, you know, you get to work with the medical team and, and come up with interventions and things like that. So I think that's where um, I kind of liked that. And then also the, the special skills, there's, you know, regulations and charting and... Um, See, that's the thing that scared yeah. me. I'm scared of the regulations and the charting and, and that type of stuff because I don't know enough about it. Yeah. But that's where the specialty was is that I, I knew that. And, and so having that, that special or specialized knowledge and then able to take the more nutrition background and put it into that setting, and that's kind of what I like about it. Because you do need to have more education mm -hmm. on all of those entities because there's so many rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. how, how did you get that specialty? Like, what did you do? Did you do anything special? It's totally an entry-level type thing. Just getting so you in just the get system. In there and, and then you learn it. Learn what you can. And, and yeah, and I think that's kind of an a obstacle um, or a, a barrier or a, you know, a limitation to skilled nursing is there's really not specialized training in it. Um, but I think there needs to be. I think there needs to be. I kind of do, too. Yeah. Just thinking about you talking, too, about all the things you need to know as a long-term care dietitian. Yeah. And, I mean, you do need to be a jack-of-all-trades. Yeah. <laughs> Which leads me to my next aha moment. Okay. Because my very favorite thing about my job is precepting students. Is it? So, and I have, like an addiction to students, <laughs> and I try to um, get as many as I can. I've pretty much, in this last year, I've had three-week breaks ever. Have so you really? it's just been student after student after student, which is probably why I was able to actually get stuff done here and do this conference. Because you had some, you had I some had, help. I had some help. <laughs> that's one thing that's great about having students, yes. because they do help a lot. They, yeah, do, you, um, do you do students and interns? or So... I have arrangements with the, we have the coordinated master's program with the University of Utah. Okay. And the coordinated undergraduate program with Utah State University. So I uh, get two students from each of those universities throughout the year. And then I've picked up um, a couple of distance programs. I've had two this year from USC. So they're, they live in Utah, but they're doing the program with USC. And so I was able to get two of those students um, so my first of the year was covered, and then starting in the summer is when I'll have University of Utah in the fall, Utah State University. Wow. So talk so, to me more about being that preceptor. What is it that you love about it? So um, this, yes, I love taking these people who are, you know, they have a passion and they want to practice, and they um, have, you know, a lot of them have a direction, some don't. Um, and just really focusing on them and helping them to develop, making sure that they can find their footing in the clinical team, making sure that they develop that clinical judgment, that when they are out there, if they're in a skilled nursing facility and they are the dietitian and they don't have um, a, you know, other a team or a network mm -hmm. of dietitians that are just right with them say, oh, yes, this is what you do and point to it. Um, but they're ready to make those decisions on their own and they feel confident in their decision-making ability and they can stand up um, and, and speak out 
about nutrition in that team and really be the nutrition expert. And I scare them every time. <laughs> I was going to say, are you a little frightening? Because you're probably, you probably kind of get them, go out I there do. and let's do it. I do. And, and they are. They're scared. I had one student um, over the summer. I just remember one time she just says, sometimes I just want you to tell me what to do. <laughs> and I said, I can't be there when you take your exam. And I can't be there when you're practicing. And um, she, she was really interesting because she kind of didn't know why being a member of UAND was important. Sure. So, you know, we got to, I mentored her on that and said, you know, here's what it can do for you. Um, she wasn't entirely sure what she wanted to do. I think she was getting a little bit disillusioned, and I just stuck to it and made her um, make those decisions. And she actually spoke yesterday. Did she really? Yes. What did she speak on? Oh, she's Amazing. So as a student, um, and then she also volunteers for um, for the church here in Utah, um, she went and did a WIC rotation. And at WIC, um, her preceptor there um, made a comment about how these refugees that were in the state, you know, it was so frustrating because, um, you know, they've done all this education and they do these vouchers, but these refugees just weren't going to benefit from it because they didn't know or understand how to oh. go and do the shopping. Mm-hmm. Like it was such a cultural barrier. And um, so she saw that lack. And, um, and and the reason I bring up the church is she there was also um, the, the LDS church. They came out um, a couple years ago and they were saying, you know, you need to reach out to people and really help, you know, bring them in and, and provide this um, support. And so she saw that. She saw the need. And being a student, that's, ama- that's amazing. she arranged an, uh, a, an organization, a program, in coordination with Catholic Community Service called um, Wick to Table, where she arranges volunteers to go shopping with the refugees. So they get a contact person, a friend, and they get to go out and shop and they can explain to them what the vouchers are, what ounces are, how to pick the right size, how to use the whole voucher, um, and so they can get the benefit of the nutrition from that. That is and and she was amazing. so humble. <laughs> she like, oh, like I just did this. Is anyone going to want to come to my session? And I said yes. <laughs> and she was standing room only. It was packed. That's so wonderful. Well, good. But yeah. Well, but you had something to do with that. That makes me happy Absolutely. because I I felt like yes, I I was able to help her develop that confidence by making her by, yep. go no, out and do it. Yes. Decisions. Yeah. Well, and she made a decision to create something all on her own. She did that before she came to me. She did. But, so, so she's pretty amazing <laughs> but anyway. But for her to come present yeah. here, that was definitely you yeah. involved in that. Yeah. I made her. You need- <laughs> Well, and I, I, I think, <clears throat> you know, as registered dietitians, we get scared to take on interns and mm-hmm. be preceptors because, first of all, of time management. Mm-hmm. So how do you work with time management with having – interns and students all year round. Yeah. So I, um, I'm lucky also I have a part-time dietitian in my, in my hospital too. And she's very, very supportive and, and helps me. Um, but I, um, a couple of years ago at the conference, there was my very first and very favorite preceptor, um, actually put together a session on how to be a good preceptor. And I went to that and there were some helpful tips and things like that. Um, a lot about the time management and Mm -hmm. about setting expectations. So I've put together, um, 
it, it's not all on paper or really formal, but I have a system where um, I, I have them do things ahead of time. You know, they do a little case study, answer some questions for me, tell me what they want to do. Um, and take a personality profile test. Then when they come to me, I have an idea about who they are, what they want to do, and how they're going to need feedback. So different people have different needs. I know if certain results from this test come back, I'm going to have to ask them if they have questions. They will sure. not ask me. So I will have to say, are you sure? You look like you're confused. Can you ask me? It's okay. And some people are going to want to be told, that was so good. You mm -hmm. did a great job. And yet others just want to instructions and to be left and to, to do it, it. yep um <laughs> and, and you, don't, you don't have this on paper no you need i need you to. need to because so, i want it <laughs> right so yeah it's it's so great and um so basically i kind of ramp them up i find out how long their rotation is and i try to get them um engaged already in grabbing information off of our computer charting and and i make sure that they know i said i'm not teaching you the computer. If you have questions about the computer, you go ahead and ask me. Um, I don't want you to feel like you have to learn that. That was an obstacle for me, is learning the computer the system systems. for like two weeks out of my rotation. Was and it I was, really? That was wasn't so very good time management no. from your preceptor. So I want them just digging and getting familiar and comfortable and finding information. And then I gradually increase the amount of the work that they do throughout um, the rotation so that by the last week or two, they're doing all of it. So you're, and then you take support. it from very personal level. So mm -hmm. you kind of really get to know them. Mm -hmm. And then you would kind of advance, mm -hmm. determine time management based on that individual. Yep. Which I think that's a very good point to make, that you can't just one size doesn't fit all, mm -mm. especially in dietetics. No. And I always say I, I meet them where they are. So if I have... If I have a, a senior, it's their last rotation, and they're just ready to go, then I'm going to give them a lot more autonomy than if I have a person, it's their first clinical rotation, sure. and they don't know. And they're, like and they're staring scared. at you going, mm. And I'll, I, I love to uncover and help them to realize how much they actually know. And, and I'm like, well, you know the answer to this. And that's, You tell me. That's probably a huge barrier. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that from you when I have my my interns. Yeah. Why do you think it's important for us dietitians to be a mentor and a preceptor? Um, I think a lot of dietitians get just stuck in their rut. They go and they do their thing. They punch in. They punch out. Um, and and you know I don't think I think they like their job, but I don't think they realize how um, how much they really do have to offer. Um, I just remember, again, my first year in grad school when they had the article um, that said that there was a shortage of preceptors and they weren't able to match interns. And what a loss. That's heartbreaking. What a loss, because we want to be recognized as nutrition experts, but we're not even willing to train our own. Mm -hmm. and, and it was just, it was, it was tragic. It was ridiculous. So as soon as I graduated, I called my program. I said, send me students. I want them. So they made sure I was had my feet settled before they sent mm -hmm. me anyone, but it was it was good. So let's go back. I, I oh, sorry. No, I think that's a great message because I think when you transition from that student to the preceptor, mm -hmm. you realize how much you valued your preceptors and how much mm -hmm. you learned and we need to keep that going. Yeah. Even if you're right out of school, I mm -hmm. still think it's an important time to like get settled and kind of figure it out, but then jump in and not be scared right. to, to take it on. Right. 
So how long, for right out of grad school, how long did you work at that job then for a few years before you... Yeah, I'm actually pretty new okay. to... Well, I, I graduated in 2011, okay. so I've been a dietitian since 2012. And so okay. that's... I'm, I'm still within my, my first cycle, yeah. you know. I'm going to turn in my, my plan in May, you, but... I was going to say, yeah, you, it's May like, that's coming up. I'm there. A I'm in, Yeah. I'm going to go log all these classes. Um, yeah, but... Um, Oh gosh, where was I? So you did we the were, part time. Yeah, the part time. I did part time for six months. It okay. was so not, very um, long. not very long. And um, you know, it was a job I got that and and I always kinda tried to just do a little bit more than what they had before, like leave something better than where I came. Um and then when I got the full-time job, they had the arrangement already with Utah State University. Gotcha. So um, I came in right at the tail end of their last student's rotation. And so I had a year to really get my bearings in, um, in that facility and recognize what they did and, you know, how things ran and before I was able to take a student. And then did you, when did you start teaching? I started teaching my um, second semester, my, my second year of grad school. Okay, so you did so, start right away yeah. teaching. I did start right away teaching, yes. I did, That's... like, Nutrition 1020 at Weber State University. Is that, like, a nutrition yeah. kind of an entry 101. level? Yeah. Yeah. But my favorite class. <laughs> For real. It was it, it was awesome. And I really felt like it, um, teaching that enriched my practice. It helped keep me remembering those foundation concepts. And, yeah, I... Saw the connection. Did okay. you have a variety of students? Did you have dietetic students and other students? In the Nutrition 1020, the undergraduate program at Weber, they do not have a dietetics program. Okay. They have a nutrition education minor. Oh. And so um, my work there was just, you know, usually more for health promotion type students. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them did go on to other things, athletic training, um, you know, physical therapy, other things, you know, health-related careers. Death. There were a couple of nursing yeah. students. Um, and But it was more just it fulfilled a life science requirement, and it was a good general, and people thought it was easy, and it wasn't. They were always surprised. <laughs> Those, how much science? Oh, life science. Yes. Yeah. The real, there is real yeah. science to nutrition. Yeah. <laughs> so I had uh, my first time, my first time I had a class, it was freshman. It was a 7 o'clock in the morning class. And so a lot of freshmen, a lot of um, traditional students. Um, After that, I did a lot of the night classes or the um, summer classes. So it was a lot of non-traditional students, Mm -hmm. which tend to be a little bit more vested in the actual class. Smaller classes, um, a little bit more personal, more respectful in, um, you know, (laughs) they they look at you and they're just... They're in it. Focused, they're in it, and they want to do it. And so it's um, it was... Neat. I liked teaching the non-traditional ones better. The most. I like all of them. But you I love like all your students. So what do you think is the most? Because I, I, you know, I did teach. I also mm-hmm. did adjunct as mm-hmm. for about three years. But I think as a teacher taking that on with having a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it that drew you in the most to teaching? Um. Wow. I I I have a talent for teaching, and I. I think I could, I'd recognize I could this. see that. You'd be very engaging in your teaching. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've known this. I was a non-traditional student myself. I have had a family before I went back to school. And, um, and, and I've always known that, you know, teaching was really just kind of a gift that I had. Um, but what kept me 
doing the teaching and working full-time was how well they supported and enriched each other. My clinical work gave me stories in real life that I could take and explain those nutrition concepts as I educated people. The work I did um, teaching the classes, I could take, I could remember these things and take them back to my clinical and explain concepts in a very basic foundational way. Um, I, I talked about 1020. I also taught a multicultural nutrition class, which I think was actually more of a communications class using nutrition as the medium. Hmm. And that was a class I think every nurse, every nursing student should have taken. And every dietitian should do something in the multicultural nutrition because that has had, there's been so much value with that in an actual practice. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've had, I actually had a student just this last fall who did her case study presentation um, with that, um, you know, the ethnic considerations, treating malnutrition, understanding the, the background of the patient and how it played into their care. And it wasn't just the nutrition, it was also their traditional health practices from her country and recognizing that the reason she wasn't eating potatoes is because she had a bone problem in, in her in Ayurveda, the potatoes were not good for bones. And so hmm. it was something I would know don't even about that. think about it. <laughs> no, not at until, all. Until, you know, you know, and so we did, we had some fun looking that up, but the multicultural and just, just really how all of those things, if I taught it, it was valuable in, at work in a clinical setting. If I had, did it in a clinical setting, I could take those experiences and share them in an educational setting. And they just really worked together. That's so. That's very, ins yeah. it's very inspiring. And how you found time to do all of this and have a family, I'm like <laughs> amazed by you. How many children do you have? Three. Three. Yeah. How old are they all? Um, 18, almost 15, and six on Sunday. Oh so. my gosh. You are a busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's great about you because your passion, I mean, you, I mean, people love their families, but you love your family, you love teaching, you love long-term care, you love, you're so passionate about dietetics. I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little nuts about it. <laughs> no, no, because I think that's, it's so inspiring yeah. to hear yeah. um, people that do feel that way. So why do you think, I mean, you, you had your aha moments, but what's mm -hmm. the biggest thing that what do all these things do for you to keep your passions alive for dietetics? Um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm going to start crying again. You're getting emotional. <laughs> You're going to make me no, emotional. No, I, um, oh, I, I just, I think I, I realized that I am just the kind of person that I'm, I'm, not going to be cool because I can't be cool. I'm always <laughs> either like excited. I'm totally a joiner. I love this conference. I love, um, the, the organization, the affiliate. I, um, camaraderie with your, yeah, I just feel like this is, this is what it's all about. It feels like home. It does. It feels like what it's for. And I think, you know, I get around people and, and they're, they're playing it cool or like, you know, like, oh, yeah, they want us to participate in this little thing, and oh, yeah, we'll do it. But I'm like, oh, goody, we're, the meeting's coming, and mm -hmm. we get to participate, and look at all these fun things. I, so I, I think a lot of it is just 
who I am. I'm just you're vested. Passionate. I'm vested. You're I'm, vested in yeah, everything I, you do. I like this kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. I I do this kind of stuff um, with everything. So you know, in, in any kind of thing that I do, I just I, I try to do it, it all 100%. the way. I do. Yeah. I it's just kind of who I am. So I it's hard for me to really to pinpoint pinpoint that, that yeah. because you know I love how. Um, how I can really make a difference with food, with nutrition, with education. And I like to see that. I like to see teaching someone or, you know, about nutrition or making an intervention that is just so on point and so makes the biggest difference. And then you can see it. Like, I love seeing the outcomes. The outcome may be, um, you know, their vitamin D goes up when sure. we get a supplement on it. And I'm like, yeah, I found that I, vitamin D. I, I knew me. that that was the, I knew that there was a risk there and I knew that it was low and I intervened in it and that fixed it. And, or, um, do you have like a, is there a story that kind of sticks out to you of something that, you know, when you did an intervention and some results in your career so far? So there's one, I, I have a little wall in my office where, um, on those days when you just feel like you can't do anything right, I can look at it. And this is one. Um, we had a patient who had been on TPN for a year. Oh, my god! She had not eaten for a year. And they basically, um, she was in the hospital, I think, for a surgery to wrap something up. And they put her on an oral diet and sent her out to skilled nursing for rehab. And she's like, I can't eat. I don't oh know what goodness. to do. And I remember just talking to her and saying, okay, we're going to do small frequent meals. We are going to, I'm going to add protein because you need this protein to heal. But it's the smallest possible volume so you can get that in there. And we're going to start with these foods that are going to be easy to eat and easy to digest. And then we're going to move up gradually. And, you know, just really came up with a plan, I guess, just a strategy. I don't think she was even in my facility for very long, but they did the customer service uh, surveys Mm -hmm. afterwards. And she said the best person there was the dietitian. I hadn't eaten for a year, and she helped me to know how to eat again. Oh, my gosh. So that was a big one. That is awesome. But that's, again, like the dietitian versus the doctor and how – you get it, yeah. and the doctor does not quite get that. But yeah, that's a that's a great story. I it was good. A year of TPN is a, a long year time. Of TPN. It was shocking. Yes, absolutely. And you do. She would forget right how to eat. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's that's inspiring too. Thanks. And that's good to hear positive reinforcement yeah. from people that you help. Yeah. I don't need it all the time. No. Because I'm like a hybrid between the person who needs to be told, good job, good job, good job, <laughs> and just tell me what to do and I'll do it and I'll do a good job whether you tell me I'm doing a good job or not. So I'm right in the middle there. That's my personality. Well, and you well, and you like a variety of dietetics too. I mean, you probably yeah. get things from, I mean, like what's what are some of the variety that you get with your clients? We have a huge variety. Um, where I work, South Davis Community Hospital, it's a, it's a specialty hospital. Okay. We do a number of different things that other people don't do. Um, and we have great specialized clinical teams. So um, I get really, really serious wounds. Um, 
with including fistulas and oh. you know abdominal wounds, I get um, respiratory failure, traumatic brain injury, spinal cord injuries, um, pediatrics. Uh, so a lot of um, extended care pediatrics that can't live at home. They require too much care. skilled care. So we take care of them, and then mom and dad get to be mom and dad. They don't have to be nurse and and care team as well. Mm. Um, that is a variety. Uh, yeah, huge variety. We have so many nutrition support for, especially for um, a skilled nursing or an extended care. So many that are um, getting tube feed. So, so that's a lot of that. That you yeah. have to know a lot of. Then you have to know a lot mm-hmm. about because there's probably a lot of variety in even tube feedings yes. and TPNs. Mm-hmm. And do this is a do the doctors take your notes? Do they? take your recommendations? Do they follow them? How does that relationship work? That's another really good benefit of skilled nursing and long-term care is those doctors, those medical directors, they really want a dietitian to be the nutrition expert. That's awesome. They don't want to they don't want do to the nutrition. <laughs> well, they're, you know, they, they're not on site. They have mm-hmm. clinic hours. They have other facilities. And they want the dietitian to be that nutrition expert. That's, I, that's probably one of the biggest reasons because I get to see... You get some. I get the you say. Get, you get the say, and they um, listen. Yeah, yeah. So most of the time, the doctors are super supportive. Um, sometimes I have had to stand up and say, "No, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but nutritionally, this is really needed, and it's going to make a big difference." It'll, and and you know, they're willing to listen, but that's, you know. Yeah, good. It's a, it is a good relationship with the doctors. I get to to be the expert. Well, and you get a voice. Yes. you're there at the table, yes. and they you actually can say, "I'm I'm listening to you," but yes. this is really important, yes. which is why that's a good message for your students too yes. and your interns. Because if you don't speak up, well, no. then no one's going to care. That's right. You're just going to be tra- writing chart notes. No one's going to care. Yeah, <laughs> they have the dietitian. They pat her on the head. Yes. And say, good job, dietitian. Now yeah. let's get to the real, real medical care. Yeah, and the nutrition is the real care. Absolutely, the especially nutrition. in a long term. Yeah, in a long term care facility for sure. Yeah, especially with like wounds. And, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's like a huge part of it. Yeah. Wow, you have quite yeah. a variety. So do you feel like for since you are such a young dietitian and young to your career, yeah. do you feel like this is kind of you know this is where you kind of see yourself in the currently and in the future, or what kind of things are you looking forward to? Well, um, again, I'm I'm that I'm a I'm loyal and I'm a joiner and I you know really plant roots wherever I go. So the position where I am I think originally was intended as an entry level. They typically had a dietitian cycle through two two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I've been there almost 5 years now and um and and I want to build it. I want to do more. I always want to do more. I would love to um be involved. We've got this community hospital. Um and and why aren't we doing more in the community? Should we do classes? Should we do um, an outpatient or a follow-up clinic when we send these patients home? You know, mm-hmm. maybe they can come back, just check in and say, you know, how are you eating? Great. You know, is this working? Do you need supplements, coupons, sure. whatever? You know, keep doing a good job. Um, so I, I want to build and grow it. where I am. Um, I'm not opposed to um, trying something else or, or mm-hmm. expanding or doing more. Um, but every time I start thinking about it, it's, you know, I'm just like, oh, but then I won't be able to see this through or I won't be able to, 
I might not be able to have six or seven students a year mm -hmm. if I move on and do something else. So I, you know. You're right um, where you should be. I like to bloom where I'm planted for the most part. Well, and then you've gotten active with your state affiliate. Yeah. And that's been very rewarding for you. So talk to me about why, you know, that was something that drew you in and why you wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. I um, think what really kind of got me interested is um, a couple of the dietitians from the class ahead of mine, the graduating class ahead of mine, um, were involved. And um, it was a couple years, a few years ago, and they were making a big push to, to get involved. And they had just started the pillars um, the new strategic plan. Sure. Mm -hmm. And um, and so they're like, they were, you know, out there, yeah, sign up for a pillar. You can be on these marketing pillars the best. Come and do this. <laughs> and um, and so I'm like, okay, yeah, I love being involved. So I, I signed up for the marketing pillar and did a little bit of stuff. And then, um, I, like I said, I've always loved this annual meeting. It's always been something I look forward to every year, connecting with, um, with you know, my classmates and professors and everyone. So, um, and then they talked about the planning committee. I'm like, I want to be on the planning committee. I want to have a say, and I want to know what's coming up. And so I did get on the planning committee um, for a few years. And, and I, I like knowing what's coming. I like getting excited about it. Um, Getting other people excited. I like about getting it. other people excited mm -hmm. about it. I like, uh, I like having a say. <laughs> I think I like knowing most of all what's going on. That's, that's I like knowing what's going to happen, <laughs> and and the, and and yeah, having a say. I I don't know. There's the control freak again. I like to have but that's, a say. That's a good. You can't have a say unless you're part unless of the organization. Part of mm -hmm. So I think that's a very good point. Yeah. You can't complain about things if you're not speaking up. Right. <laughs> So why would you tell other dietitians to be part of their state affiliate and be active and volunteer their time? You know, a big part of it um, is really um, getting knowledge of the profession out there, uh, reaching out. We all run into other dietitians in our work, um, even those long-term care dietitians that are consulting and just show up a couple times a week, um, you know, they have a network and they connect with people. And um, I, I think we should really feel connected to something and feel supported like we have um, a, a foundation and help. Um, I also feel like it's important to be an advocate for this profession, always. Um, I think dietitians need to stand up, be visible, be the nutrition expert, be educated, stand up and, and, and be there because there are so many other loud voices mm -hmm. about nutrition out there. And, um, you know, there's uh, questions of how we're going to present ourselves um, to, you know, to the legislatures and how are we going to get these uh, legislation passed and things like that. And there's debate even among dietitians about that. And, you know, um, we, we definitely need to have conversations, talk about it. What are the barriers? What are the, um, what are the benefits? What are the, the drawbacks of, of any kind of changes we want to do? Um, but yeah, mostly I just think we need to, um, we need to be dietitians. I, we need to and be proud of be it. proud of it. Exactly. We need to be the expert. Make sure that when people look for nutrition information, they're going to look first for a dietitian. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that working alone, nine to five, 
and, and just punching in, punching out, and going home. Nobody's going to go and think a dietitian when they want information on the latest fad diet. They're going to go to the proponents of the latest fad diet mm-hmm. who are going to tell you things that may or may not be based in science. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, yeah. I'm right with you on that completely, completely. Yeah. As a dietitian, I'm sure you also get questions from your friends and family <laughs> and just other people, but like that nutrition advice. What is your favorite nutrition advice to give to people? Um, eat more vegetables and fruits. <laughs> No one eat eats. more vegetables and fruits. <laughs> Easy, right? Nine servings of vegetables and fruits per day, and it pushes the other stuff out of the way. Do you so. eat nine servings of fruits no. and vegetables a day? <laughs> I try. I try to make sure I get it. Um, you Which know, one I, do you like better? Both? Do you like them equally? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I go through my days. Where sure, like, where you're like, yeah, uh, just, no veggies You know, today. well, yeah, no veggies today, but okay, there's a tangerine. I'm going to yes. eat that and make sure. <laughs> um, no... Yeah, I, I mean, I always you try. try. You I try. try. You strive for it. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I think, the hardest thing for the, people. Is the last week, my husband making dinner. I'm just while like. While you've been busy. While I've been busy. I'm just like, oh, I've told you and told you to put a vegetable on this plate. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I didn't have to cook. <laughs> See, you just got to, sometimes you got to compromise, right? Yeah. <laughs> there was food when you got home. Right. <laughs> right. Is there anything else you want to share with just other registered dietitians about about our career and about being a dietitian? I, I just think that dietitians really do need to look for ways to be involved in their communities, in um, their state affiliates, in an organization. If they're not a member of A&D, if they do something else, be involved. Um, I think that most dietitians need to remember um, that they are the nutrition expert. There's a reason that we go to as much school as we do, that we have to do all the practice hours, that we have to take an exam, we have to do continuing education. It's because this is a living, breathing, and growing science. And I think that we need to have that open mind and be connected to all the most recent, all the latest information so that we can um, be out there, (coughs) be able to teach we spell dietitian with a T, not a C, because we're teachers, <laughs> we're not teachers. cooks. <laughs> I, that's, I haven't heard that in a while. I forgot oh, yeah. about that. I think I heard that in my internship. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing yeah. all the stuff, wonderful stuff about you. You're so exciting, but I have some fun questions for Okay, you. great. What is your favorite food? <laughs> yes. <coughs> I really like food. I like to <laughs> try. Yes. I did. I like to. I like to try new things. I'm probably. I, I go through phases. I'm really drawn to foods from different cultures. Um, What's the funnest thing you've tried lately? Um, yeah, uh, I've been doing some Indian food, mm-hmm. like, and that's kind of fun. Doing those. Have spice you been cooking blends. it yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of fun. And- you're just winging it. Pinterest. Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to find yeah. some recipes. Yeah, I like to. I like to do vegetarian cooking. I like to. Do um, you? Uh, we definitely eat vegetarian at least once a week in my home. Um, my husband's from an island. He doesn't really care yes. for meat. Um, he likes fish, but my kids don't like fish as much, and so we try to just really have a variety. And I think um, I like to. I like to try new things. It's we, I don't do a lot of repeats in my house. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's so, you're adventurous it, with your food. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have a least favorite food? Soda. Soda. Yeah. And then your husband doesn't like fish, so. No, he loves fish. Oh, he loves fish. Your children don't care for fish. One of my kids really doesn't like fish, and then the other two are indifferent. Hit and miss. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite drink? Water. Water. She's yes. drinking water right now, yes. everybody. <laughs> She's keeping hydrated today. Do you have a least favorite drink? Soda. Soda. <laughs> I know. I was like, it's probably just going to cross to the same thing. Do you have a favorite smell? Oh, I like I like herbal smells. Herbal. Um, Are you so, into essential oils? And stuff no, like? not so no. much. Um, I mean, I like. I, I think I have. I've gotten like a, a eucalyptus spearmint bath something, sure. and so I've gotten eucalyptus and spearmint oils so that I can make my bath smell good. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I, I do like those kind of herbaly smells. Do you have a least favorite smell? Gross stuff. <laughs> Garbage. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just daily kind of things just, that you yeah. do. Like, come, wait, what does that smell? <laughs> well, that's not right. I don't like it. Yeah. What brings you joy in your life? Um, I... I like to see it when my, my kids do things great. Um. When Which they, I'm sure happens all the time. I, I, have, I have great kids. <laughs> you have great kids. I do, and, and very talented. And, you know, just, I, I, I don't know, I like to see other people do things really well. I like to see, um, I like to make a difference. That, that brings, brings you me joy. a lot of joy. Well, you brought me joy talking today thank with you. me. And I'm excited I got to meet oh, you. Thanks. And your conference is great. And thank you. good luck with the rest of it. Thanks. After listening to my conversation with Kelly, I was even more inspired to keep doing more as a registered dietitian and to also keep advocating for our place at the table as a food and nutrition expert. I love her passion for precepting our future dietitians, and because of her, I know I will always make time in my schedule to do the same. Kelly got emotional a couple times because she just loves being a registered dietitian. That's what it's all about. That is why we do what we do. That is why I love registered dietitians, that passion and that purpose. I want to thank Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn again for sponsoring this podcast and for also having a variety of flavors that I can snack on, especially kettle corn, which is my absolute favorite. I love that sweet and salty mix. And I love that I get a whole serving of grains, which is a win-win in my book. Jolly Time is also family owned and is located right here in this beautiful state of Iowa. If you want to learn more about Jolly Time and get some great coupons, go to jollytime.com. Don't forget to head on over to annelizbethardy.com where you can not only find my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, but you can read my weekly blog, which is my weekly wisdom. It's my way of sharing my adventures, life, and food, a little music and some other passions of mine, maybe even a recipe on occasion. You never know. You can also find my previous podcasts and related show notes and links to things that we talked about in our conversation. I would love for you to connect with me sometime on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.